0: shall we say to our dear sister Rhoda God,
1: bless,
0: God you. bless you God bless you so my sister Rhoda for that wonderful song ministration so powerful In, indeed Emmanuel yes. he watches over us you will never let us go amen and amen as I mentioned to amen. you tonight this prayer day two evening session this prayer End the word. One of the things as believers, we need to learn to do, and it is part of discipleship, is to endure prayer and endure the word. What do I mean by that? Persevere in prayer and persevere in the word. Listen, your number one enemy as a believer is not necessarily the devil. The devil is a defeated fool. Jesus totally destroyed the devil. That means you rid him of all power. All that he has is deception and tricks. So when you fall for his deception, then he has you. But as a matter of fact, he has no power over you. Your number one enemy is your flesh. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says that by day that are of Christ have crucified the flesh to get its last. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. You must
0: learn always to bring your flesh in subjection to your spirit, to that which the Holy Spirit is doing in you. Never allow your flesh to interrupt the work of the Spirit in your life. Hallelujah. That would be a disaster that will hinder you from walking in the purposes of God for your own life. It will hinder you from enjoying the blessings of his grace. It will hinder you from enjoying the fullness of the blessings of eternal life that you have in Christ. The flesh. Amen and amen. That is why Paul gives us the antidote for that. He says, walk in the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh one of the ways to position yourself maximally to walk in the Spirit is by prayer. Hallelujah. It's by what? What did I say? Prayer. By what? Prayer. 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 Tonight, we are going to look at prayer in the Word of God and see that prayer has a greater purpose than what many people have thought of it to be. Amen and amen. From today, your prayer life will become better because you're going to gain an in-depth knowledge from God's word concerning prayer. It would create in you a divine hunger because of the understanding you're going to gain. It will create in you a divine hunger to pray. Hallelujah of all the instructions in the word of god when it comes to instructions concerning prayer we always see this word always the one word that qualifies or characterizes the instruction to believers to pray is always that means that prayer is not conditional prayer is not contingent upon our feelings prayer is not contingent upon our situations prayer is not contingent upon anything in the natural prayer is a constant and not a variable it must never become a variable in your life it must never become dependent on anything in your life prayer must be constant whether rain or shine hallelujah whether you're feeling good or you're not feeling good hallelujah Whether you are broke or rich, hallelujah. Prayer must be constant. Because the motivation to pray is not anything in the flesh or anything in the natural. Prayer is a spiritual duty and a spiritual privilege the believer has. And today, as we begin to explore these truths, we will begin to see the greater purpose of prayer in the life of the believer. Hallelujah, shada bakala batayas Yesterday, we concluded as we looked in Philippians chapter number one You all remember it last night? Philippians chapter number one We looked at verse 20 And if you do have your Bibles, quickly turn there We are going to pick up from where we left off And continue in today's message Philippians chapter number one, verse 20 We concluded with this This is what Paul said where we The conclusion that we came to from what Paul said, Paul says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also, Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Then verse 21, for to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. And we concluded that Paul's one desire was that Christ Jesus would be magnified in his body. That means the life he lives in the flesh would bring glory, would bring magnification, exaltation to the name of Christ. Hallelujah. That was Paul's one desire. That was Paul's one desire. That through his life, he would bring glory to the name of Christ. Paul says, for to me, to live is what? Christ. The meaning of life is Christ. How did Paul come to this understanding? It is because of the revelation of the eternal life he had received. Hallelujah. The essence of the Christian faith is Christ Jesus. That our lives would reflect, would glorify would honor, hallelujah, would magnify Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, how are we going to be able to do this? Let's look at it from the example of the master himself, Jesus Christ. Turn with me in your Bibles to John 17, verse 4. Look at John 17, verse 4. Turn with me quickly, if you so please. John 17, verse 4 hallelujah listen the prayers we prayed before we entered into the word the Holy Ghost is placing some of you in positions of advantage
1: mm-hmm. hallelujah <laughs>
0: tonight tonight we are not doing providing ministrations providing mm-hmm. ministrations are tomorrow. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Hallelujah. Jesus. John 17, verse 4. You have been placed in positions of advantage. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. John 17, verse 4. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, if you are there, say amen. 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 Okay, let's read together. Shall we read together? Ready, go. I have glorified thee on earth. You on earth. I have finished, the, the that me you to do. do. You see it, now father. Yes. What is what is Jesus saying? He says, "I have glorified thee, glorified who the father. I have glorified thee on the earth." How did Jesus glorify the father on the earth? He says, "I have finished other versions say, I have accomplished the work which thou gave me to do. Hallelujah. So Jesus, the example of Christ, is showing us that the way we bring glory to God, the way we honor Christ in our lives, the way we magnify the name of God in our lives and the name of Christ in our life, is by finishing, accomplishing, mm-hmm. completing the work He has given us to do. That is for freedom, His will for our lives. That is how we to God. That is why if you go back to Philippians chapter number 1, verse 20 and 21 and 22, after Paul has said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Right after that in verse 22, he talks about fruitful service if he continues to live on, which will be a benefit mm-hmm. to the brethren. Honoring Christ in Paul's life, or living a life that magnifies the name of Christ meant fruitful service, fulfilling the will of God concerning his life while he was here on the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. You understand it. So as a believer, your goal must be the will of God. Listen, let me tell you something. In as much as the prophetic is very intriguing and very interesting, and people want to know, you know, they want, they want a word of wisdom. They want a word of knowledge. They want a word of prophecy. You know, pastor, tell me what is going to happen tomorrow. What is going to happen? The real essence of the prophetic is the will of God. Listen, do you know Abraham was called a prophet by God, but Abraham never prophesied? Check your scriptures. Abraham never prophesied, but he was called a prophet. Why? Because Abraham demonstrated by his life, the will of God in action. Hallelujah. As he yielded to the voice of the Lord, he took Isaac to Mount Moriah and was about to sacrifice him. And then a voice spoke unto him. Hallelujah. He said to him, Abraham, now I know that you indeed fear me. That action Abraham took foreshadowed what God was about to do in Christ Jesus. And on that same mountain of Moriah, That was the same place Jesus was crucified. Abraham was acting prophetically concerning the purposes and the plans of God. Prophecy or the prophetic concerns the plans and purposes of God, the will of God in action. That is prophecy. Hallelujah. And if you are going to become a prophetic people, dearly beloved, we should be a people who, above all things, crave long and cherish value the will of god hallelujah the place you should seek to be always is in god's will that's why the bible says that do not be unwise but wise understanding what the will of the lord is amen and amen Mm -hmm. how would you know god's will through discernment of the spirit How did Jesus know God's will for his life? Jesus one time said, John 18, 37, he says, For this cause came I into the world. Hallelujah. He says, For the Son of Man did not come to destroy or to condemn the world, but to save it. He was declaring God's will for his life. He knew exactly what God had called him to do. How did Jesus know that? He said, It is written of me in the volumes of the books, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. How did Jesus know that? And how did he keep himself in God's will? Prayer. The Bible says, a great while before day, Jesus rose up, secluded himself to a solitary place. He retreated. And there he prayed. Before he chose his disciples to help him in his journey of fulfilling God's will for his life, he prayed all night in the mountain. Hallelujah. Jesus began mounting and bush praying. If the master needed to pray in order to understand and know God's will for his life and remain in God's will for his life, dearly beloved, what about us? Hallelujah. If prayer was so crucial in the life of Jesus the master, in maintaining his position in God's will concerning his life, how about us? It was so much that when he went into the garden, he prayed endlessly three times. He said, Lord, not my will, but your will, O God. Hallelujah. How can he pray God's will if he knew not God's will? It was prayer that sustained Jesus in the trying moments of God's will for his life. I told you yesterday, God's will is not meant to only give you comfort. As a matter of fact, God's will is not meant to give you comfort. God's will is meant to lead you in His plan and His purpose for you. Whether it is comfortable or it is not comfortable, God's will will sometimes take you through places where you you will go through agonies like Christ. And in those times when He wanted to shrink away from the will of God, when He wanted to shrink away from the purposes and the plans of God, what helped Jesus was prayer. He prayed. And in those times when he was praying, when he needed his disciples to also stand with him to pray, the disciples were sleeping. He came to Peter and he said to Peter, could you not watch with me for an hour? He went back, he prayed again. He came. Peter wanted to pray, but he fell asleep. He said to Peter, could you not watch with me for another hour? He went to pray and came back. Hallelujah. He said to Peter, watch and pray that you fall not into temptation. Hallelujah. See, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Listen, I said to you, your number one enemy is the flesh. When you want to walk in the will of God for your life, the only thing that will conspire against you is the devil through your flesh. The conspiracy of the devil is through your your flesh. That's why you want to pray, but your flesh is telling you, you know what, why should you pray? Why should you be shouting? Why should you be doing it? Can't you just relax and be there? Why can't you just, you know, take it easy? You're not going anywhere. You know, you don't necessarily have to pray like that. You just have to re- listen. They are all works of the enemy through your flesh to rails you. Hallelujah. Rise up and pray. And pray. Hallelujah. The Bible says concerning Jesus in Hebrews chapter number five, verse <laughs> seven who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears. The master. Mm -hmm. Jesus, the master, that is how we prayed. Amen and amen. Amen. If Jesus needed to pray like that in order to succeed in the will of God for his life, how much more as dearly beloved? You see, the essence of the Christian life, as I mentioned to you, is to fulfill the will of God for you. The Bible says concerning David, David, after he has said the will of God in his own generation, fell asleep. That should be your goal to serve God's will in your own generation. Hallelujah. Listen, the reason you were bought with the precious blood of Christ is not so that you buy a three-bedroom house somewhere or a four-bedroom house somewhere and think you have arrived. Hallelujah. You get a job, you are earning $200,000 and you think you have arrived. Hallelujah. There There is a greater purpose. Listen, these things are of the flesh. They die and they wither. If all your prayers are full of things of the flesh, they die the way that After you pray for the car, you get it. It has ended. Your prayers cannot be re-offered again in heaven. You need to pray prayers of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And we'll see that later today. Praying in the Spirit with all manner of prayers and supplication, watching thereunto with perseverance, say the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Prayer will keep you in God's will for your life. Prayer will keep you in God's will for your life. Hallelujah. There is, you need to look beyond anything in the flesh and begin to commit yourself to serious praying concerning God's will for your life. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I have glorified you here on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gave me to do. Jesus finished the work in order to bring glory to God. He fulfilled God's will in order to bring glory to God. How was he able to do that? Through prayer. He did all things by prayer. Hallelujah. He did all things by prayer. Amen and amen. amen. And therefore, as his followers, we also ought to pray. When we look into the New Testament, listen to the instructions we have concerning prayer. Colossians chapter number 4 verse 2. If you so please, turn with me to Colossians chapter number 4 verse 2. The apostle says... Continue in prayer. Somebody say continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. prayer. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. The word continue comes from the Greek word proskaterio. Proskaterio means to be earnest toward, to persevere and to attend assiduously. Hallelujah. Constantly diligent. When it comes to prayer, your attitude must be to be constantly diligent in prayer. If there's any area as a believer, you don't have to be lazy. It is when it comes to prayer. Never be a lazy believer when it comes to prayer. The reason some believers, their lives are like this and like that is because they are lazy in prayer. Simple. Nobody is doing anything to them. No demon is doing anything to them. All they need to do is to pray. After they prayed, They align themselves with God's will for the Prayer aligns you with God's will. Hallelujah. It keeps you in the center of God's will. Paul says, continue in prayer. Attend assiduously. That is, attend. Attach some level of sacred seriousness to this act of prayer. Hallelujah. And he says, and watch. The word watch there is, Gregorio. Gregorio, which means to keep watch, be, villi- be vigilant and be awake. That is wake. Listen, in our generation, people are saying they are woke. Hallelujah. If there is any area you need to be woke, it must be in prayer. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm woke in prayer. I'm woke in prayer.
1: Amen. Pray.
0: Okay. Amen. Listen, he says, and watch therein in the same with thanksgiving continue that means prayer must not stop hallelujah prayer must not what stop look at look at look at first thessalonians 517 Paul says pray without season that word season means uninterrupted that means pray uninterruptedly don't don't let anything stop your prayer Prayer must be what? Continuous. Because at every point in time, the key thing for you is discerning the will of God per time for you and walking in the fulfillment of it. Prayer is necessary because prayer aligns your spirit with the Spirit of God. Prayer sensitizes your spirit to discern the leadings of the Holy Ghost so you can yield yourself to it. Like I mentioned to you, the goal of the faith is not to buy a three-bedroom house, four bedroom house somewhere in some nice neighborhood, making two hundred thousand dollars a year, and you feel like you have arrived. Hallelujah. That adds nothing to your spirit, man. Amen. There is something greater. Somebody say there is something greater. Something, something
1: greater.
0: What are these greater? Things? It is the purposes and the plan of God concerning your life. Hallelujah. God's plan for your life is not anything in the natural. It is spiritual. Hallelujah. Yeah. You understand what I'm talking about? It is what? Spiritual. spiritual. It has to do with things that affect eternity. That translate from time into eternity. Hallelujah. That is why prayer is, of, is so necessary. So if you watch Paul, the way he prayed in the New Testament, if you listen to the prayers of Paul in the New Testament, it is like the way we be praying. I killed this demon. I killed this demon. I killed this demon. Every all night you have killed that demon and killed that demon. Every demon in my family, I kill him. I kill him. Listen. <laughs> there is something greater and better. Hallelujah. How did Paul pray in the New Testament? Or how are we instructed to pray? Turn with me in Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 15 to 20. You see a beautiful prayer there by Paul. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 15 to 20, if you so please. Let's see there. The power of prayer. Listen, prayer has a greater purpose than just gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, gimme, gimme. Are, we are growing in our faith. So we need to graduate from that level. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. and begin to approve of excellent things, as we said yesterday. Ephesians chapter number 1, looking at from 15, reading downwards. Listen to what Paul says. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all saints, cease not to give thanks. Do you see it? Paul was not merely giving instruction to the brethren that pray without ceasing. He himself it was out of what he was practicing in his own life. He ceased not to give thanks for the believers, making mention of them in his prayers. And what were his prayers? Listen to that in verse 17. says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. That the Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. These are the things we ought to be laying hold of in prayer. Then look, look, at, look at verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This is too big. Hallelujah. Listen. Through prayer, your eyes are enlightened to know through the scriptures. The hope of God calling you. That is why God even called you in Christ Jesus. How many of us know the hope of our calling? Why God called you? God didn't call you for a BMW. BMW. God didn't call you for a Mercedes-Benz. God didn't call you for a Jaguar. That's not why God called you. Hallelujah. God called you for something greater and better. The blessing of the Lord that make it rich and add no sorrow, I said to you last time, is not material things. You can get a Lamborghini. In two years, you need to go make repairs on it. Hallelujah. You need to go change the engine oil. You know how much it costs to change engine oil of Lamborghini? That is sorrow. It Cause sorrows to change the engine of like your <laughs> Hallelujah! Amen. Can, can be the blessing of the Lord, it comes with sorrows. <laughs> that same car you can have an accident in it, it brings sorrows. Hallelujah! That's not the amen. blessing of the Lord that adds no sorrow. The blessing of God that adds no sorrow are spiritual realities in Christ. You understand what I'm talking about? Mm. Amen and amen. So when you Mm -hmm. lay hold on them in prayer as your eyes are enlightened to know the hope of his calling why did god call you god called you for something greater that is why paul says not that i count myself to have already attained but this one thing i do forgetting those things that are behind i press on toward the mark of the high calling in christ Mm-hmm. he says that, that I may apprehend that for which I have been apprehended mm-hmm. hallelujah amen. Paul, Paul pressing on towards. he wasn't pressing on towards his degree or pressing on towards a new house or a new car Paul was pressing in the spirit to lay hold on the reason for which God called him in Christ amen and amen listen your destiny is Jesus Christ himself because in the end you will be like him That is your destiny. The Bible says that for them whom he foreknew, he also called. And them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, he glorified. He says that he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That is your destiny. That is God's hope of calling you that you will be fully conformed till we all come to the fullness of the stature of the measure of the Christ. Hallelujah. That is why God called you. Amen and amen. Laying hold of this spiritual truth. Hallelujah. And as a believer, that is where your heart must be. Amen and amen. That is where what? Our hearts must be above all things. That is where our heart must be. Amen and amen. As we journey on in this life, the things of this life, we use them but our hearts must never be after them. Amen and amen. We all work for money. We go to work, we work for money. But money must never become our God. The purpose of the faith, the goal of the faith is not to obtain money. It's not to gain some success. That's not the goal of the faith. The goal of the faith is to attain to the hope of His calling you. That is the fullness of the stature of the measure of the Christ. Hallelujah. Now look at this. I love this part. He says... Having known the hope of his calling, he says, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. God's inheritance in the saints. To know the riches of his glory, the inheritance in the saints. Do you know that the saints, that is you and I collectively, we are God's inheritance. In my local language, we you say, you're a jappardier. Hallelujah. You're a dear. <laughs> we are God's inheritance. Hallelujah. We are God's here. That is why God is so concerned about you. Every man got his own inheritance. He got it with his own life. That is why men fight over people's inheritance when they die. Why? Because inheritances are precious things. God's inheritance in the whole world. It's not the stars, nor the moons, despite their glory. It's not anything in the planetary system. It is you and I. That is why God paid a great price for you. Listen, the down payment for your possession is the Holy Ghost himself. (laughs) That should tell you how precious you are in the sight of God. You are God's inheritance. He laid hold on you for a particular purpose. Look beyond think above the things of this natural press deep in the spirit when we find you praying and pressing in the spirit don't be crying for things of this life hallelujah listen those prayers they don't live on after you after you finish the prayer you receive the answer that's it it ends pray prayers that angels can keep offering and offering prayers that that can go into spiritual bank account in the offered and offered and offered, hallelujah. Pray prayers like Paul pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. These are prayers that never fail, prayers that are continually offered, prayers that produce eternal fruit. Amen and amen. amen. that will keep you in the will of God concerning your life. Hallelujah and then look at the look at what paul says and what the exceeding greatness of his power to us would who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places listen this is so glorious this is so glorious this is paul's prayer for the believers that god will enlighten their eyes to know these truths because you see The key thing for you as a believer is not to be crying for things that God has already done. It it is simply to know what God has done in Christ for you, to know the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the grave. The last time I said to you, the greatest demonstration of God's power is not in creation, even though in creation, the Bible says that God spoke and things came into being. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Hallelujah. He separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day. He called the darkness night. Hallelujah. He said, let there be firmaments above. He said, let the ground produce food. God spoke, and all these beautiful things came into being. Great demonstration of power. But it is in no way compared to the extent and depth a power that was exerted when Christ was raised from the grave. The greatest demonstration of God's power was in the resurrection. And listen, that power that was exerted to raise the body of Christ from the grave has been exerted in us, his church, because the body of Christ is the church of Christ. Hallelujah. So that power is for us. So he says, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, it is for us. That's why we sing this song. Same power that conquered the grave lives in me. Who knows that song? Lives in me. Hallelujah. The same power that conquered the grave lives in you. Amen and amen. If we get a hold of this truth, how would our eyes be open to the reality of this? As we pray these prayers, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. You will, We will stop chasing after things. Amen and amen. Look at this. We are, we are, we are looking at prayers in the New Testament. Look at, look at Ephesians chapter number 3. After Paul had prayed that prayer, Ephesians chapter number 3, he prays another prayer. Turn with me quickly. Ephesians chapter number 3, looking up from 13 to 21. This is Paul again. Listen to what Paul says. He says, wherefore i desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you which is for your glory then he says for this cause i bow my knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ that he'll bless you with a car he'll bless you with a house he'll bless you with a job he'll bless you with marriage is that what paul is talking about no what is he saying for this cause i bow my knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ for whom the whole family in heaven and earth are named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of God, which passeth understanding, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Hallelujah. What a prayer. What a prayer. To know the love of Christ. Listen, when we we pray these kinds of prayers for ourselves and for believers, there is no way you'll be frustrated in your life. Because as you begin to discern the depth and the height and the breadth and the length of the love of God for you, your heart will be at rest. There is no way you'll be frustrated in your life. Absolutely no way. I don't worry. Sometimes my wife will ask me, so you you never worry in your life. (laughs) I have no reason to worry because I have a revelation of the love of God for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has showed me my end, and it is beautiful. Hallelujah. He says, mark the righteous man. His end shall be what? peace. That is shalom, shalom. Rest with prosperity. That's what the word of God says. So why should I fret? Why should I worry? Hallelujah. Shadaman and Because when you gain a, an understanding of the depth, the breadth, the length, the height of the love of God for you, which is demonstrated clearly in Christ Jesus for you, there is absolutely no way you'll be anxious again you will live a life of thanksgiving all the time, giving thanks to God, giving thanks to God all the time, irrespective of anything that is going on in your life. Amen and amen. You will not let anybody sell you false hope, but you will lay hold on the sure truths of God's word. Hallelujah. And trust Him. Amen and amen. In everything. Hallelujah. These are the kinds of prayers Paul prayed. Hallelujah. Mando Shadalabadias. Turn with me quick to Colossians chapter number one. Colossians, quickly. Colossians chapter number one. Let's see another prayer. Tonight we are going to be praying. We are going to spend some time praying. Jesus. We're going to spend some time praying. I'm trying to get through this so that we can, we can have about, you know, 40 minutes of prayer. Intense prayer. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter number one. Nine to fourteen. If you if you so please, turn with me your Bibles. Colossians chapter number one, nine to fourteen. Look at this. Paul says, "For this cause we also, since the day we heard, we since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you." Paul had an attitude that any time he heard of the faith of other believers, he began to pray for them. Hallelujah! He began to pray for, and what was his prayer for them? Listen to his prayer. He says, and desire that ye be filled with the knowledge of his will. He is it? Be filled with the knowledge. Through prayer, we are filled with the knowledge of God's will. Through prayer, we are able to discern the will of God for us. Sometimes, we, there are things that we say that are cliches. You understand? Somebody will die, and then we'll say, you know what? He has fought a good fight. He has run the race. He has kept the faith. He has finished his work. That's why God called him How do you know the person has finished his work? When Paul said those words, he was still alive. And he still had some years. But because he knew what God had called him to do and he had finished it, he could say, I have finished my course. I have run the race. I've kept the faith. Hallelujah. He says, what now I'm waiting for is the crown that God will give me. But he still has some time. That means you can finish your course and have extra time to enjoy before you go. Hallelujah. The fact that somebody dies does not mean he's finished this course. Many people die not having started even an inch of what God wants them to do. Not having even touched an inch of the will of God for their life. Many people die. Some die in the middle of fulfilling God's will for their life. Some don't even start at all. Some don't even have a clue what God's will is for their lives. Hallelujah. And that is a sad reality for many people. Because listen, when we we stand before the throne of God, it's not whether you were a doctor and you were a good doctor, or you were an engineer and you were a good engineer, or you were a politician and you were a good politician. That's not the questions God is going to ask you. Hallelujah. Did you fulfill his will for you in Christ? Amen and amen. It has to do with things that transcend time into eternity. How would you discern the will of God for your life? Prayer. That is how Jesus did it. That is how the apostles did it. Hallelujah. They committed themselves unceasingly to prayer. So they remained in God's will. That is why you see Paul always begging for prayer. Paul says, pray for me. Why? Because Paul knew that to remain in God's will and God's plan, it's not easy. The will of God took Paul through many trials and tribulations. Yet, because of the prayer, grace was supplied unto him to endure. Hallelujah. I submit unto you, brethren, we cannot succeed in the will of God without prayer. It is not possible. It is not possible. You have not begun scratching the surface until you are able to persist in prayer at least an hour you've not begun to scratch i can talk to you like this because i know how i have trained you and groomed you amen and amen you've not yet scratched the surface until you are able to persist in prayer persevere in prayer for at least an hour that is when you are beginning to scratch the surface amen and amen then as you go deeper two hours three hours and then Coupled with that, you are remaining in the word of God. Two hours, three hours. That is when the person of Christ is revealed to you. Hallelujah. Shada I said to you, after this retreat, your desires will change. It must of necessity change. Amen and amen. We must be men who are pressing deep in the spirit. Laying hold of spiritual verities. Hallelujah. When men see us in prayer, it is not because we are crying for something of this life. We, we, we are pressing on. We are pressing on in the sp- spirit, pushing in the spirit, laying hold of something greater. Hallelujah. Shadabakaias. Amen and amen. He says that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Do you see it? How can you be fruitful in every good work? How can you walk worthy of the Lord? Unless you know, design His will for you, and walk in it. And what will help you do that is prayer. Tonight, I want to encourage you. I want to exhort you onto prayer. Hallelujah. I know we pray, faith generation, we pray every morning. We are praying, we are praying, we are praying. We come on the line, we pray. I want to push you after retreat. You should push further. Remember I said this to you. You should set spiritual goals in your life. At the beginning of the year, men set goals for themselves. I want to achieve this. I want to achieve that. And they begin to take practical steps toward achieving that goal. And I want to submit to you that it would also be very good for you to set spiritual goals. What are spiritual goals? See, you say to yourself in January, by by December, I should be able to pray two hours. What do you do? You start in January. You are praying ten minutes, ten minutes. You say, "Okay, by 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 March, I should be able to pray thirty minutes." Tarry in prayer thirty minutes. You push yourself and push yourself. You push yourself by March. You realize that you are able to tarry in prayer, praying in the spirit thirty minutes. Hallelujah! You lock yourself, pray, pray, pray in the spirit, pray uninterrupted. Remember the scripture. Hallelujah! Pray without any encumbrances. Pray without any distractions. Be able to pray, press in the spirit for 30 minutes. By July, it's okay. By July, I've been able to reach 30 minutes. Let me also push to one hour. By July, one hour. Hallelujah. By September, an hour and 30 minutes. By December, two hours. That is a great spiritual goal. Before you realize you are maturing yourself in the spirit, you are becoming stronger. The strength of God is becoming mighty in you. The Bible says, Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. This is how you do it practically. And you do the same with the word of God. Study the Bible, you know, you do your morning devotions and that's it. It's nice, it's good. But I want to tell you, the days of morning devotion, they are not over. But it's time to move further. Break camp and advance. Hallelujah. You do your small morning devotion and you feel good about yourself. No. The goal is discipleship. Discipleship means paying close attention and studying. Hallelujah. Meticulous study. So you give yourself time in the Word. Time. Listen, for those who always say, you know, I don't have time, I'm so busy, you will never have time. There will never be a conducive time to study the Word and to pray. You have to make time. And the truth of the matter is, we make time for what is valuable to us. Whatever is priority in our lives, we make time for. So there is actually no excuse. Amen and amen. You make time for what you deem valuable, what you deem priority, what you deem, you know, of of worth, you make time for it. So there's not, you must not think of the things of the Spirit as secondary. Things that I I bring in, you know, if I don't have, if I if I have some free time, then I push them in small. Listen, anything you dedicate your time to, you become rich in. Businessmen are rich because they, 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 they dedicate their time to business. Hallelujah. If you give yourself to the things of the spirit, you become rich towards God. You'll be rich in the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Give yourself to that's what Paul said to Timothy, Give yourself wholly to these things so that your profiting may be evident to all. We have not yet given ourselves. Hallelujah. In this retreat, I want to admonish you, brethren. I want to admonish you. Listen, don't despise yourself that hey, Pastor Sam, the Pastor Sam is talking, the media, I'm not even there crying. No, don't be thinking like that. Where you are is great. You have made great progress in your life. Look at where you used to be and where you are now. That is wonderful. We give God praise. But I want you to—I want to say to you—don't rest on your laurels. There are—it's a long journey. There are higher heights. There are deeper seas. Hallelujah. We are pressing deeper. We are going deeper. Amen and amen. And we must be intentional about it. Hallelujah. Shadabaya. Deep. Call it unto deep. God is calling you deeper. He's drawing on you to come deeper. As you do that, you begin to realize that. You see, your spiritual senses become so strong. You begin to approve of excellent things. You begin to discern that which is sacred and that which is common. You begin to discern between sacred things and common things. And you you, you, you begin to give reference to sacred things of God. Hallelujah. Balabasida Chief among them is the will of God for your life. All your life will be about God's will. Amen and amen. To bring God glory by fulfilling his will for your life here on the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, there are many people, as they go on in their life, they get to a place, they realize, that, you know what? Life is really meaningless. Then they start crafting something for themselves that will make them happy. They craft their own purposes in life to make them happy. They've missed it totally. Listen, don't be like the people of the world. Hallelujah. You are a believer in Christ. There is a definite purpose for you. There is a definite purpose. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God is here to lead you in that way. And that is the same way the Holy Ghost led Jesus in the fulfillment of God's purpose for his life. He will lead you also. Yield to him. One of the key ways of doing that is prayer. You begin to commit yourself to prayer and see what will happen. Just begin to commit yourself every day. Just commit yourself to prayer. You are just praying, 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 praying. Commit yourself to unceasing prayer and just see what will happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah all of a sudden you begin to see that certain things don't matter in your life anymore. You begin to let go of them. Things that you thought were so important in your life, all of a sudden you realize that ah, these things, they pale in the presence of something greater. You begin to let go of them. Then all of a sudden you begin to see that, mm, that, that your eyes begin to open to see the things that are truly important and you begin to give yourself to them. Prayer will do that for you. Prayer, prayer, prayer—not just any kind of prayer. I'm not talking about a prayer you go, you know, oh God, my this, oh my that. Oh, listen, no, I'm talking about praying and supplicating in the spirit—the kind of prayers Paul was praying. These are prayers that cross time into eternity, prayers that can be offered and reoffered. Hallelujah! The Bible says concerning epaphras that he labored earnestly for the brethren in the book of in the book of Colossians, chapter number four. He says that he prayed that they will stand perfect in all of God's will concerning them. Hallelujah. And as a pastor, that has been my prayer for each one in faith generation, that each one of us will stand perfect in all of God's will for us. Hallelujah. Listen. Even though we will not come to condemnation because there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah them that walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Listen, we that are in Christ, there is no condemnation for us. But we have our own judgment. What is judgment? What is the judgment that we face? The Bible says our works will be weighed to see of what sort they are. Whether we built on Christ with wood, hay, stubble, or gold or silver, gold, you know, or precious stones. And the Bible says, We each shall receive our own reward according to our works. Some shall suffer the loss of all things. If all that you did in your life was just things of the natural, the things you boast about are things of the natural, listen, you suffer the loss of all things because they have no eternal weight. They will be consumed by the fire that day. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We have a reward. receive and it is based on the work god has given us to do do you even know it do you even know god's plan do you even know where to begin to work towards it to begin to fulfill it hallelujah what will help you to stay in god listen and the interesting thing is the will of god for your life let me say that i'll teach about this the will of god for your life or the purpose of god for your life is not some abstract something god has hidden At the backside of a mountain somewhere that you must travel, you know, uh, all over the world to go and find. No, the will of God is in you. Somebody say, The will of God God is in me. Where is the will of God? It is in you. It is in you. The Bible says that counsel is like fountains of the deep, and the man of understanding shall draw it out. Hallelujah. It's in you. Jesus, the shepherd, he says, my sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow. Jesus is our shepherd. Who is a shepherd? One who leads the sheep. He leads the sheep, how? With his voice. He speaks and they listen. The question I want to ask you is, where is Jesus, our shepherd? He lives in you. Christ is in you. Hallelujah. So the leading of the Spirit Is in you the will of god for your life is in you hallelujah the holy ghost dwells inside of you the key is being able to discern what is within by the spirit see most of us don't have time to hear that is why we always want somebody to tell us oh tell me what god is saying oh prophet tell me pastor just tell me what god is saying because we don't have the patience to listen to stay there in the place of prayer and listen, because prayer is not only talking to God, prayer is also listening. To listen and be able to key into what the Spirit of God is saying to us inwardly. The inward witness leading us. We don't have the patience. We have been so conditioned, and it's sad to say the church has conditioned many believers. We want everything quick. you know. So if you go to church, you no, know, they'll tell you. Oh, you know, in this generation, uh, people's attention span is just 45 minutes, 30 minutes. So to preach a long sermon, you know, you are wasting time. After 45 minutes, they are no longer paying attention. For you as a believer, that, that must never be true of you. Hallelujah. That must never be true of you. Jesus was with the brethren and the 5,000 people in the wilderness for three days. What was he doing? He was teaching them, they were listening. The believer must always have a listening ear to the voice of the spirit. If you can sit and watch a movie for three hours and finish and say, Wow, how, why did they even end? Did they end it? Well, they should continue. And immediately, media, you are so angry that they, they ended the movie so badly. You want the actors to come right away and finish the movie again. Do it like craft another two hours to finish it well for you. Five hours total. You can end. It. If you can endure that, you can endure a teaching service for at least three hours. You should be able to endure it. Hallelujah. I said you should be able to endure teaching service for how many hours? Three hours. Where you are not just being entertained. We don't have to mix entertainment inside before you are happy. And then we, we, we have, you know, some, it's funny what we are resorting to now in the church. We, we are so... We so conditioned ourselves to excite our flesh that we must always find ways to entertain men in the church. Oh, you know, after, after some time, bring in, let's bring in some, uh, some comedians to crack jokes so that, you know, people will stay awake and then we we'll go and bring some comedians in the church. What are you doing? Spirit men? Comedians coming to speak to spirit men? <laughs> we've lost our way. Hallelujah. I said we've lost our way. We've lost our way. We've lost our way. Shadabahatalabahatalabahayas. Hallelujah. We've lost our way, seriously. Amen and amen. No wonder. No wonder we are not able to hear the voice of the Spirit. We are not able to discern. It is because you've not practiced. You've not practiced. But within every believer, the same Holy Spirit that is in me is in you. The same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is in you. The same Holy Spirit that was in Paul is in you. So if Paul could yield to the Spirit and flow with the Spirit, that means Paul did something you are not doing. That is why he was able to flow with the Spirit. If Jesus was able to hear the voice of the Spirit and follow it, that means Jesus did something you are not doing. And that is what I'm showing you tonight. Hallelujah. Prayers and the kind of prayers they prayed, the way they prayed, the way they gave themselves to prayer. Hallelujah. That is why the apostles, when there was contention over, you know, who gets what and all that, he said, listen, choose men who will take care of this. As for us, we'll give ourselves continually to prayer in the ministry of the word. Prayer. It must be paramount in your life as a believer. I know prayer is paramount in your life as a believer, but I'm simply admonishing and exhorting you onto deeper level. Press deeper, press on, press on, press deeper, push deeper. Give yourself more and more to prayer. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. There is no telling what God will begin to do in your life. What you yourself will begin to encounter about God because through prayer, you unleash your spirit. The veil of the flesh is broken. And I tell you, It takes about an hour to break the veil of the flesh. It takes about an hour, an hour of prayer to break the veil of the flesh. That's when you, because, but when you start praying, for most of you start praying and your mind is wandering all around. You've not gotten anywhere yet. Your mind is wandering, or you're thinking about the food in the fridge tomorrow, what you are going to do, whether you take the kids before you come and you do it. Yeah, your mind is wandering all around. Hallelujah. You are praying and you have your phone in front of you and you are typing and blah, 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 blah. You are typing and you are texting somebody and you laugh small, and you are checking something on Google. You are not praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. It takes, about hour, it takes about an hour of concentrated prayer to break the veil of the flesh. Yes, now you are praying. Listen, the reason, you see, the reason we don't even see the kind of results we want to see in prayer is because we are not praying well. It's because we are not praying well. We are not praying well. And sometimes when we complain about certain things, we ask, the question I ask people is, have you prayed? So I said, for me as a pastor, I'll always have a special room. If somebody comes and complains, I just lock you, they pray two hours about the issue. Afterwards, I can join you to pray because people like giving prayer work. Pastors, we like watching movies too. I like, I like watching movies. I like movies. Netflix, Tubi TV. What's the other one? Uh, Amazon Prime, right? I like watching movies. African Magic, MNET, uh, Movie Magic. I like watching movies too. But some people like giving prayer work. So pray for me. You know, my this, my days. And they are eating with extra time and you are busy praying. come When you call them, they are watching movies, eating popcorn. But when you call them immediately, they will change their voice. No, pastor, you know, the issue was they've not prayed. <laughs> 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 they've not prayed. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst you were laboring in prayer, they were busy eating with extra time. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The church members, say, <laughs> God have mercy. Amen and amen. Amen. And give yourself to prayer. You see, as I said to you, you, you church is a school. Let me tell you the church is a school. it's a training school. Church church is a training school. That's what churches. When you're going to church, understand that I'm going to training. Church is Bible school. Bible school is not where you go for 4 years and after they give you church Sunday church service wednesday service midweek service it is bible school it's a training ground so if you go to a church where they don't see it that way you better find another place to go it's a training ground for what spirit training you are trained how to pray you are trained how to stay in the word you are trained how to become a spiritual man church is not the place for success motivations hallelujah Church is not a place for business seminars. Amen and amen. Did you see Paul holding business seminars? Jesus holding business seminars with his disciples. No, he trained them to be spirit men. After he left, they were able to carry the gospel to all of the world. Hallelujah. And stand fast in the faith, defending the faith. That's the purpose of church. But we've turned it into other things because we want to satisfy the flesh of men, and the natural desires of men. I I tell this, I, I say this to you all the time. Any desire you had before you came to Christ, any desire you had without the help of God before you came to Christ, that is not what God wants for you. If you could have that desire without God instructing you to have that desire, that is not what God wants for you. Hallelujah. Let me repeat that again. Any desire you had without God, that is not what God wants for you. Every man, whether Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, uh, Salamist, or whoever they are, anywhere in the world, every man has natural desires every man wants to be rich every man wants to do this every man wants to be comfortable every man wants a car every man wants a wife every man wants this they want this they want... men want things that's the natural desire of men it's the natural desire you didn't have to come into Christ to know that to, to, to start desiring things no you desired things before you came into Christ hallelujah so that's not the purpose of God for you that's not the purpose of the church. That's not the purpose of the spirit life. Hallelujah. The spirit life is laying hold of realities in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. You begin to walk in the fulfillment thereof. Hallelujah. In your own life. Listen, prayer will help you. Prayer will help you. And I'm reminded of this scripture. I, I spoke about it some time ago. The Bible says, Is any among you afflicted? He says, Let Him do what? Pray. James 5.13. He says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. And as we said, the divine prescription for affliction is what? Prayer. Is any among you afflicted? Let him, not the church. He says, let him. It is good that the church will join you to pray. But he says, you that are going through affliction, you pray. Hallelujah. You pray. That means you have the solution to your affliction. How? Through prayer. The pa- because in prayer, listen, listen to what Paul was talking about. The exceeding greatness of his power toward us to, who believe. All that power is there. How do you unleash it? How do you make use of it? Through prayer. This is what we must teach the church. How to exercise themselves in the power of God. How? Through prayer. Amen and amen. But all these social semanet uh things we are doing with the church, they will go nowhere. Amen and amen. Shadabakala Badala La baya. Hallelujah. Mando la bakeselebatolo bose, Katendia Papande, Mozinde, papaya katas. Mende kaluba hadini ni donimi papayas. Amen and amen. Listen, I keep telling you, God has something greater. Prayer has a greater purpose. Amen and amen. Jesus brought glory to God by fulfilling his will for his life. How did he do it? Do that prayer was key in Jesus remaining in the center of God's will for his life. Amen and amen. The proof that you are in God's will is not everything being rose in your life. You are comfortable You don't have any problems. You don't have any issues. That's not the proof that you are in God's will for your life. No. The proof that you are in God's will for your life is that you know that you are in God's will for your life. Hallelujah. When you descend by the Spirit the will of God and you remain therein. Hallelujah. I want you to lift up your voice within this hour and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. How be it in the Spirit? He speaks mysteries. I want you to lift up your voice. Give yourself to prayer tonight. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. As you have heard this word, listen, the way you leverage the power of God's word when it comes to you is through constant meditation and prayer. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. As you have heard this word, begin to pray.